Welcome to Real Assets, Real Expertise, a podcast brought to you by Crestbridge. It's the place where we explore the world of real estate. Introducing your host, Stephanie Workman. You're listening to Real Assets, Real Expertise. Earlier this year, as part of our 2020 MIPIM campaign, we invited Chris Carter-Keel, Chief Investment Officer at LifeX Apps and Founding Director at CK Real Assets, to interview and discuss with us his thoughts on the social dimension of sustainable development, building communities, and the improved quality of urban living. Before it was cancelled, this year's theme for MIPIM was The Future is Human. A lot of the points wrote about in Chris's original article still hold true, but we've invited him back to speak with us and reflect on some of the themes from the original interview, providing an insight and some of the matters brought forward in light of COVID and the new world in which we find ourselves. I hope you enjoy. He participated with us in a Q&A style interview for our MIPIM campaign, which obviously um, didn't go ahead in the end. Um, but, you know, reading back through the comments that you made, a lot of it still holds true. A lot of the questions that we've put together today um, have been in reflection of the comments that you made in your interview. Have you seen any um, acceleration on ESG matters or trends as a result of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a really good follow-on. I mean, as we discussed, the, uh, the article was, was written in, I think, February, um, which was some time ago. And I think the, the, the quote that I've been hearing a lot at the moment is um, from Lenin, which basically said, uh, decades, uh, sometimes decades have nothing happening within them, and sometimes weeks have decades happening within them. And that's what I think we've seen since uh, since I wrote the article. So uh, it's fair to say that you know um, COVID has had a massive impact on all things uh, retail and uh, office, and and obviously real estate has has also seen some some massive changes in terms of you know how people live and uh, and, and what effects COVID will have on it. I think to bring it to to the ESG sustainability piece, um, you, you know I think uh, COVID again, um, has a, a significant um, impact on, on both of those. Uh, the level of stimulus that's been put in place by governments since um, COVID uh, erupted has, has basically been unprecedented. Um, for example, in the Eurozone, um, monetary stimulus is 30% plus of GDP. Um, and that's, that's just something that the um, global financial crisis didn't see anything like that. So, um, so I think we're with that sort of um, firepower to, to bring to bear, we're going to see uh, an enormous change in the way in which human and sustainability goes forward. I mean, I think the other things to say on that are that um, we're going to see a massive look at uh, resilience um, because uh, operators and occupiers need to have resilience within their, their portfolio of, of assets um, and that awareness of the impact of a climate crisis or some other um, viral crisis is going to um, make a, a, an important change in the way in which people occupy their spaces. Um, secondly, I think you know, mindset and behavioural changes that have occurred during coronavirus are also going to impact on real estate. So working from home, for example, how, how are people going to operate their businesses now, incorporating a significant proportion of working from home? Um, deliveries through, through uh, the internet, 
I mean, again, that was always something that was growing significantly, but um, the human interaction uh, is is obviously something which people have been avoiding um, a, a lot in the last uh, several months. So uh, logistics and housing have been the two winners, I guess, of uh, of of the real estate coronavirus wave forward. Um, so I think those are the, the main fo focuses for, for real estate um, post-COVID. How to balance ESG and an infrastructure investment post-COVID. Um, do you have any thoughts on that one? Well, again, pre-COVID, we were talking about the world's population being very much uh, city-based. You know, by 2030, we were going to have something like 8 billion people uh, in the world. Um, 60% of whom would be city dwellers. So I wonder where that is left uh, in terms of um, infrastructure uh, going forward. Are people going to want to be uh, in, in large scale, you know, multi-million people cities? How are they going to deal with social distancing? You know, we've seen on the news in the past few days how the Tube in London, how that is able to uh, operate or, or not uh, with social distancing. Um, and, and I think, you know, the United Nations have also been thinking a lot about uh, sustainability and how they can reach their sustainable development goals. Um, I mean, they, they set these out and they reckon that um, in order to reach their goals, they're going to need something like $60 trillion of energy-related investment by 2040. So you've got the balance of, of the large-scale cities, whether people actually want to live in them, the environmental factors, as I mentioned previously, in terms of how you build resilience, and also the way in which we can keep climate change to an acceptable level. You know, ultimately, um, the, the environmental policies that take these elements into account uh, are still not sufficient to achieve the one and a half degree goal. So, how do we, how do we, where do we place our bets in respect of ESG, and where do we place our bets in terms of infrastructure? Um, so, I think those. I don't have the golden bullet at this point, but I think those are the factors we need to think about. Um, real estate, in terms of where it sits within this, um, more than half of the sixty trillion dollars envisaged uh, investment is it will be in real estate and real assets so there will be uh, renewable energy generation power distribution networks transport and buildings all need to be invested um, so that gives an opportunity for investors to find alternatives and alternative investment uh, classes have been the largest growth area of real estate and will i think continue to to do so the problem with alternatives is that we don't have the data that we have and the data sets that we have in offices and retail that, that investors can get comfort from. So I think what we need to do is uh, find the analysis approach, which gives us data sets which investors can then gain confidence over new sectors. And, um, and that's going to be the key to ensuring that we see investment in infrastructure and real estate over the coming years. So within the real estate sector, what would you consider the top three data points by which sustainability um, should be measured? So, so I think, you know, um, data points for um, uh, 
sustainability uh, ha have been looked at for some considerable time, and the market leader is Gresb. Gresb have uh, established a, a, a very significant data set um, in sustainability, and they look at energy and water usage. They look at waste and carbon output. Um, and how well you treat these and how well you train your employees. So I think ultimately Gresbar are the market leader and they, uh, but they have some competitors that are now starting to ask questions as to whether there's additional elements. So um, the Global Reporting Initiative, um, the Carbon Disclosure Project, uh, the Dow Jones Sustainability Index, um, uh, to name a few. These organizations are, are keen to, to get their say about what's important in the real estate sector to disclose. And, and this is what's driving, I guess, our publicly quoted companies and pension companies to um, continue to develop their uh, policies on, um, on ESG and, uh, and sustainability. Do you think that equity investors will view sustainability as a mandatory criteria um, to facilitate an investment decision or um, post-COVID? Will it remain a nice to have rather than a need to have? I think this is really interesting. I think, um, uh, you know, it has been a nice to have for, for many years back to the 90s. Um, and, and obviously the, the follow on is um, if it's if it's do, do I need it ultimately? Uh, and I'm afraid to say it's now going to become a need to have because of what I was just discussing, which is the the policies and procedures of the pension funds and the uh, quoted companies, which are the main sources of capital for developers. Um, and therefore, unless you comply with ESG and sustainability policy uh, and elements, you won't get your money. So, you know, you decide. Uh, and that's, I think, going to be the key driver to, uh, to, to, to it, whether it's nice to have or need to have. Are you aware of any evidence uh, or empirical data that demonstrates the sustainability um, impacts cap rates in the real estate sector? So again, a, a question that's been around for many years. Um, and again, I'll come back to the, the answer to the previous question, which is it's not necessarily about whether there's an, uh, an inward yield shift if you demonstrate sustainability. It actually means that potentially you won't get a sale at the end of your development. So that is the most important thing for a developer to achieve is his end sale um, because that's when he crystallizes his profit yeah. um, and if you can't get your end sale because of the fact that your development doesn't comply with ESG policies you're stuck. Um, with the likes of Greta Thunberg pushing the environment up the political agenda can you see an increase in governments legislating to create a brand of sustainability and will this be good or bad for the industry? So again, I think these are, are linked. Um, I think, you know, the Paris Climate Agreement um, set out uh, what is expected of uh, the real estate industry and a framework for achieving um, the aims of the, of the agreement. Um, I think given the statistics, I would say that um, it's pretty much a question of it's in our hands at the moment but if if we don't action the uh the, the, the required um uh, activities then they will so um you know i think we're still we're still in the place where we can influence um and we can act 
but it's it's running out of time of, um, of, you know, as we go forward. Um, would you consider that the industry is actually capable of self-regulating or is government intervention actually needed? So I think I'd like to think that um, because of the equity providers stance that we've talked about in terms of their policies, um, then I think, uh, I think it is in our power, as I've said. Um, uh, but it is something that um, we have to react, as I said, or, or ultimately it will be done for us. Mm. Are there any examples of countries that have got the right balance at the moment um, that we can kind of learn from between developer and investors taking responsibility and government intervention? So, so I think the the areas where I've seen examples um, are um, there is there are examples in Europe. Um, so the EU's non-financial reporting directive on disclosure of non-financial and diversity information is driving integrated reporting and disclosure of ESG and climate risks. So th there we have the EU acting. In Australia, they have a um, standards board which uh, envisaged that uh, there will be a world of sharing um, corporate sustainability performance and allows companies and investors to make informed decisions that drive value and improve sustainability outcomes. So the Aussies are, are there, they're, they're starting to put those frameworks around them and uh, the attitude of the um, ASX uh, in terms of their corporate government council, governance council will have implications for companies um, uh, that are listed on the ASX. Um, Japan has also uh, published its corporate governance code. Um, so I, I think ultimately it's those publicly quoted property companies and, uh, and institutions or pension funds that will drive uh, that, that, that level of, um, uh, of corporate integration within public uh, governance uh, bodies. Okay, well, I think that's um, everything we had lined up for you today. So thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us. That's no, great. No problem. And good luck with, uh, with, the, with the campaign. You've been listening to Real Assets, Real Expertise, a podcast from Crestbridge, presented by Stephanie Workman. To find more episodes of our podcast, go to our website, crestbridge.com, or where you usually download your podcasts. For more information on how Crestbridge can provide a range of services to support your real estate structures, visit our website www.realassetsrealexpertise.com.